Welcome everybody to another episode of the Twisted Pair. My name is Graybeard. My name is Ash Red, and our guest is Miss Cynthia Gonzalez. And welcome, welcome, welcome to the Twisted Pair. Thank you. Thank you for the invite. I'm happy to be here with you guys. I, I tell you what, I I have been following your account on Instagram for a while now. And I came across your account on one of your pairings. And that's what really got me in, intrigued is, is I saw one of your pairings and then just, you know, started paying attention to, to your level of influence that you have in the cigar community. And I, I want to say that it is an honor for you to come on our show I'm almost kind of fanboying it, but what I what I told Red that I was like, I want you to go out to the Sister of the Leaf because Cynthia is going to be there, and I want you to talk to her so that she can get on our show. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. And and unfortunately, we didn't get to speak as much as I would have wanted or liked to. Um, you know, you, little chats here and there with everybody back and forth, you know, things like that. That's what happens on, on events. But uh, it was quite um, lovely. It was nice. It was great uh, to see everybody over there um, in Texas. Well, not whole entire state of Texas, of course. Right. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's very, very well appreciated that uh, the ones that were able to come, they they made you know the effort to come because I'm fully aware the traffic is crazy, crazy, yeah. crazy, crazy, especially at, at that time of the hour and so forth. But um, we had a great time. It was nice and and it and it was the first um, gathering in person that the platform of Sotogno Movement. Uh, was, you know, rolling out. So um, we're going to be getting, uh, you know, uh, better, but not in like in a negative way it, that it not didn't go well. It's just right, to right. make, to bring more things like, you know what, this worked and I think we could do this better in this area and then the next one um, and so forth. Like everything else, right? So. Yeah. Well, and here, here is my thing is like, you know, and I'm not sure it just from, from my experience and you know how I go, I normally do not go to lounges by myself. I normally take uh, a fellow, like I take Greybeard or I take some of my other cigar buddies and I, like there, I actually felt, and I don't want to say I don't ever not feel safe going to cigar lounges, but I prefer to go, um, I don't want to say entourage because that sounds like so negative, but I prefer to go with somebody um, than go by myself. And this one was like, I was like at peace because I knew the Sister of the Leaf mo you know, movement is all about, you know, getting women together, getting that announcement that women do smoke cigars. We are a part of this industry. And I knew it was going to be a safe and respectful place. So I didn't have to worry about that. So um, I was really, as a woman, um, I was really excited to see that y'all are having these different events 
all across the United States, and I know it, even around the world is what it was the goal. So um, for me, it was really nice and very enjoyable. So that's yeah. good. That's awesome. And that's exactly the, like you very well said, that's the purpose of uh, launching or rolling out these type of events. Um, and it's interesting that you you high pointed, you highlighted that, um, that you were like, you know what, Let, let's give it a try. I am, I'm not, I'm gonna do this new thing. I'm gonna go by myself and try it out to give a good, give myself the opportunity and them to see if this really actually works. And it was great. It was good. And, and that's um, what I also do here in Puerto Rico with uh, Mujeres y Humos, Soto of Puerto Rico. That was the, the, you know, one of the reasons mainly that I rolled out that, that platform here in Puerto Rico. So when I met uh, Anastasia, well, when I came across with her platform and saw what it was all about, I was like, wow, it's exactly what I'm, uh, I, this is what I'm doing over here. So we started talking and having video calls and, you know, now we're here. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, a, li a little bit, yeah, two years. Oh my gosh, two years later. So, yeah. so I, I, I really want to get into get into the details on all of this, you know, because I, you know, being a man in this industry, I see how my sisters are treated, you know, and it is changing, but I still, but I still see it. And I, I want to see that change. And so I want to see to do everything I can, but let's take a step back. I know we, we just jumped into it. <laughs> we are the twisted pair. And what we specialize is on teaching people how to pair cigars and taking that on to the next level. So we break things down to, we break it down to the, the, the blend of the cigar, the, the blend and the profile of the drink and marry up those flavors. And you presented with us a challenge with a drink that neither of us have had until tonight and I'm so excited about it. So we're kind of coming at this, this is what we call blind pairings, where we don't really know how it's going to go. So, you know, it's, hey, this is what this is all about. So we, we always start off by going around the room and, and, and what we're all pairing. So I'm going to start off with our guest of honor. Well, um, I had shared previously, right, uh, before the show, with you guys that I was going to do a lychee martini mm -hmm. and so there is a little change and I'm still gonna I'm still doing the martini okay but I went to get more of the lychee and uh they ran out of, at my nearest store so I did a pear martini oh <laughs> See, now I'm, even, I'm intrigued there too. Yes. And, um, but uh, I came up with a, with a pair. There's several recipes about pear, but instinctively, I mean, I'm not saying that pear and lychee are exactly the same or anything like that, but um, they have like the similar profile 
where they're not extremely sweet because lychee is not a sweet fruit. Um, and it's not tart fruit either. Either it, it, it's, it's, it's a very um, uh, amicable flavor to your palate. Yeah. It, it doesn't overpower anything. It's not yeah. overly sweet, not tart, nor nothing. It's just right there in the middle. And pears, for me, have that same type of quality to it. Um, and so I said, you know what? Let me do a pear martini. So that's what I did. Um, so just by looking at it, if I was to say, oh, this is a lychee martini, then physically you got, oh, okay, yeah, great. It's a lychee martini. It has the same exact color, but so, no. Here's, here's the color. So I've, I've got the, I've got the lychee. Now, now, before before I or, or Red get into what what are you smoking with it? What are what cigar are you? So the cigar I, I was, I, you know what I, I was I was gonna tell Ash, oh I'm gonna tell you what cigar what cigar and I was, you know like oh my gosh why am I gonna smoke why am I gonna smoke like duh Cynthia, I mean smoke your own cigar. <laughs> so I'm gonna smoke. Uh, the cigar that Mujeres y Humos has, which is a limited run. Uh, it's a collaboration that we have with Privada Cigar Club. So here she is. And I saw that on your post, like on your story. I think it was that you did it. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so awesome. And I'm like, but man, I don't have it in time for the show. <laughs> <laughs> So, so we we need to do a cigar trade. We'll 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 trade you one of one of our leaf and grain L and Gs. Yeah, right. Definitely, we'll do a swap. Yes. So, uh, this is a five by fifty robusto. Uh, it has a closed foot, and the wrapper is San Andres, uh, San Andres, a Mexican San Andres. Mm -hmm. I don't have any more of the descriptions. When it comes to the tobacco, this, like I said, is a collaboration with Privada Cigar Club. Privada Cigar Club rolled out a few months ago uh, um, a regional group um, project, mm -hmm. if, we, if you may want to call it like that, where different cigar clubs, the scores, they can, if they want to, if they want to, or they're interested, have their own cigar. Uh, go through the process of selecting a cigar for your members. And when that rolled out, I was like, wow, that's great because I already have the bands for it. Oh, perfect. Yeah, I already had them since last year. Um, and I hold off on that project. Like, well, this will be great. I spoke with a few of the, mo the more active members of Sotol, of the Mujeres y Humos. And so I... I filled out everything, right? And, and requested the, the samples and each one smoked the samples. And we were to do it on our own, privately, write down, you know, do a mini review about it and then share how was the smoke and then move on to the next one. And we'll swap pictures and sometimes we'll video call each other. What do you think about, oh, I'm smoking, oh my God, this and like so forth. 
until we came out with this one. We decided on this one. We agreed on this one. Um, so they, it, it, these are like Privada Cigar Club does a lot of collabs with different brands out there. Uh, Blackbird is one of them. Mm -hmm. And this happens to be one of, one of the Blackbirds that they have made for Privada Cigar Club. So that's the one that we ended up choosing. We didn't know the description or who was made by or anything until we have made our selection. After that, then they provided as much as information as they were willing to share. So that's <laughs> the most information. And then you don't know how many amount there is available after the fact. So <laughs> it, it is a limited run. Once it's, it's done, it's done, right? It's, it's, it's um, so uh, it's been awesome. Um, it, there's a consistent ordering, so it's nice. It's not, I'm gonna, we're gonna become rich overnight or nothing like that, <laughs> but <laughs> it, it's fun. It is very fun yeah. to pass and, and that's on. What it's about. Yeah, and enjoy that process with your own members. And also is, goes to, to show that anything is possible. We mm -hmm. can all work together. There's room for everybody. We don't have to like hover and take, oh, well, this is mine. And this. no, share, share. It's all about the experience, right? Absolutely. And exactly. And not everybody's going to participate for different reasons. Mm -hmm. uh, and those that do, will do. Um, mm -hmm. It's all about the process and the fun and the enjoyment of it. It's it, it, it fosters community. Yeah. It fosters the community. It really does. And, it really does. Yeah. So, so, so that's right not what I'm So, so but, but like, I'm sorry, oh, go, go ahead. Oh, okay. So um, I have selected the Viaje right there. And this one is hang time. And um, yeah, I was like, did I say it right? I don't have my glasses on. Yeah, uh, hang time. So um, this one is, um, if y'all have, have, we've smoked it one other, I think we've smoked it one other time or we've talked about it. We've talked this about one, it. Yeah, we've talked about it. This reminds me of, you know, and I'm thinking it's Honduras. Uh, rapper is is what I'm gonna or what I'm or Dominican. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say more than the Honduras. Um, and the reason that um, it's got that fresh farm taste to it, but it's got a little bit of sweetness. So I I think it's gonna be like as you were saying, the uh, liche is. If I had to describe it, it'd be like a peach and a pear got married and they had a baby, and that's kind of like what this is. So I wanted something that would go, you know, be able to like marry it well. But I think as the cigar gets more, it's got more of a kick to it. So um, I'm interested to see when it comes to that. So I think it's going to be complimentary and contrast at the same time. Uh, so that will be interesting. And it is a close foot. So great minds are thinking alike with the size and the close foot tonight. <laughs> well, yeah. well mine, mine's a Toro. And I went with the My Father uh, Law. And, and Tigadad. So this this one is a um, this is a Ecuadorian Habano Oscuro wrapper with Nicaraguan long fillers. And so I went with the Ecuadorian to kind of so that the 
the tropical fruit notes, that's the subtle notes mm -hmm. of the Dorian, would marry up with the strawberry and the pear notes of, of, the, of the liche. Mm -hmm. But you intrigued me when you said go with the contrast pairing. And so that's why I went with this one for a kind of a, a complementary with the fruit notes, but the, con but the contrast with, with the, the Nicaraguan. So it's going to have a bit more of the black pepper in the background of it. It's going to have a bit more of a, um, there's, I'm going to get a little bit of earthy notes and coffee notes throughout it as well. And so it's going to be interesting how that pairs. I'm on, my only concern is, is that this is a medium full to full bold cigar. Now, now we, we use the word bold because we hate body. Body describes smoke, strength describes the amount of acidity and levels of nicotine in it. So we, we describe a cigar as being intensity or boldness. So I'm hoping that the cigar doesn't overpower it. That, that's my only concern because this is a, this is a, it's a, I almost want to say it's a delicate drink. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, we have to take into account that um, the, the lychee in itself, right? But then you, you had the vodka. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously the vodka, I mean, if it's grain, potato, uh, mm -hmm. whatever you want to make the vodka out of, it, it, it's, it's just not a uh, one that is going to have a whole notes to like, a of course not, like right. rum or bourbon or whatever. Right. So right there, automatically it's a contrast. It's what we add okay. to it to make that cocktail to make it more agreeable, a present, mm -hmm. right? And a lot of cocktails, um, not all of them, but a lot of cocktails, they will have a citrus, they will have lime or lemon. Mm -hmm. Right there, that has another contrast. Yep. But right. then you'll add the simple syrup, or if it's a flavored simple syrup, whatever you want to enhance, right? So the, the beauty about crafting a cocktail mm -hmm. is that you decide the ratios mm -hmm. that you want that cocktail so it can fit to your palate and what is it that you are going to be smoking with, right? Mm -hmm. There's people that they, they, they don't like sweets. They can mm -hmm. tolerate a little bit. And they perform more of, of the tartness or what have you. So in a, in a cocktail like we're going to have tonight, a lychee, then they will increase the ratio for the lemon juice or vice mm -hmm. versa. Instead of like a um, an ounce of simple syrup to give it just, that will do maybe uh, a half an ounce or three quarts or what have you. Or so, like or like what yeah. you said with with the with the how they make their simple syrup, and so so I made I made my simple syrup with a with a raw sugar cane. Ah, so, yes. So that that sugar, as you know, is a little bit more bold than mm -hmm. than a standard. Even more flavor. Yeah. So yeah. It's, and, and we normally 
when, when we're teaching about pairing with cocktails, we talk, we tell our viewers to do what we call a deconstruction pairing. Mm -hmm. So you pair the thirds of a cigar to the different components of the cocktail. But where this one is challenging is it's a vodka and it's not a, generally it's not a sipping vodka that has notes to it. So it's a noteless, it's a pure vodka. So now you've got less that you're going to deconstruct to. So I've got yeah. sweet and, and I've got sweet and citrus and sweet. Now, also, um, as all the other spirits, er, every spirit, they're not all the same, right? So in this case, when we're talking about vodka, it depends on vodka that you're choosing to use mm -hmm. your martini. So for me, I chose a Reika, Reika or Reika, Reika, vodka, Reika vodka is an, it's a vodka made in Iceland. Ooh. And its water is glacier water. It's, and it's um, a good one. I've had that yeah. one before. <laughs> it's an extra smooth vodka. It even has some some natural, some kind of sweetness to it, actually, yes. which is yeah. very surprising. Yeah, it, it's not your your vodka that you would. Yeah, like a. Uh, like a gray goose or an absolute or anything. No, this is extremely, extremely smooth. Um, and one of the reasons is because of the water that they're using and the process of distillation. So um, I use that vodka purposely to make my lychee martinis, or in this case, a pear martini, because it makes it very, very uh, smooth and, and, and naturally sweet, but not overly sweet. Mm -hmm. So it's not gonna be a battle with the cigar, you know? And right. I don't need them to get married, but right. I need to behave. Yeah. And, and <laughs> And I like that. I like how you said that. And you bring up such a good point because like, I think that, you know, a lot of times we focus on the cigar and we don't focus on the drink. And we've talked about that on our shows. We don't focus. And then sometimes we don't really put the thought or, and, you know, and I've been guilty of it too, but it's like you, like I did dripping springs uh, vodka, which is from Texas. And it, it is a, as you say, like a smoother, it's not that harsh. Um, normally I drink Neft, which is a sipping vodka. And it was made to with cigars. That was like one of the purpose. And it's uh, a pot still, and you know, of how they do that vodka. So my thing was like, my kids drank all my vodka. And I discovered that late last night. And I was not a happy mother to discover I only had like totally a three ounces of vodka left. So um, that's like one thing is like, you need to be, that's why bartenders ask you, what do you, what, which vodka do you want? Do you want, the, or which tequila do you want? Or which bourbon do you want? Mm -hmm. Is because some of them have the different acidity. They have the different, you know, uh, you know, bite to it. it you've got to really look at the profile of what you're going to drink and smoke as what we do 
And it's important that you do that. And uh, I think that sometimes it's that we just don't really put the thought behind it. And that's what we're trying to change. And I love the fact that you even we're talking about like the different fruits, the diff different simple syrups. Now, yeah. here's one thing that I was sitting here thinking is I love to make simple syrups. It's been one of my things that I did. And I'm almost like if you've ever had a jalapeno simple syrup, it's got that sweetness, but it also has a bite to it, but it blends really well with like the tropical fruits, like mangoes. And, and I'm sitting here thinking like, I wonder what a little bit of a jalapeno simple syrup would be like in this drink. Sure, why not? Just try it out. Right. Yeah, you and then have the flavor of the jalapeno, just a little bit of that bite. Yeah. Um, why not? I mean, and, and and that's the beauty of crusted cocktails. There's there's not nothing that you cannot do. There's nothing you cannot do. Um, oh, yeah, we, we've we've tried some. I, I came up with one. I, I I had such a convoluted name to it. I I don't even remember what I called it. But it was a it was a take on the whiskey sour. And um, and a tequila and a tequila sunrise, but instead instead of tequila, I'm I'm using a rum. I'm, no, I'm sorry, I'm using I'm using a rye. So so I I used I used rye, and then uh, Campari and Cantro, and um, uh, sweet and sour or or sweet and sour mm -hmm. juice, and then a a little bit of a couple of dashes of of uh, aromatic bitters, and then a drop of liquid smoke. And wow, quite complex. Oh, it was, and, and we and we did a pairing. I did a pairing with it. So our, our challenge that to do a a pairing with a cocktail, and and I can make cocktails. I can. I can knock the standard cocktails out of the world. Coming up with my own is a little bit more of a challenge. I, I, I leave that. I leave that to Red. And it's it's a fun thing to do to experiment with it. And it's just like, and once you find like you know, a cigar that you want to, where the cigar will behave with the drink. I love how you said that. That it will behave. It doesn't necessarily have to vary. But you want it to behave to where you can pick up the notes of the con, you know, the different profiles, because yeah. that's the beauty. That's the beauty of this. And one thing that uh, I loved, and and I'm gonna kind of, uh, if I remember correctly, was that was your first time at the the Sister of the Leaf movement when we went to when we had the, uh, the event. Was your first time to have a white Russian? Is that correct? I've had uh, white Russians before. I've I even made them myself. Okay. Uh, but I haven't had it. Wow. And I, I think the last time I made a white Russian was in 2020 during the pandemic when I was still in Dallas before I moved back to Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. And it was the last time I did a, a, a white Russian. Actually, it was... Um, um, well, there's this product 
let me find it to, because I don't remember now the name of it, but um, they have these products like uh, cold brew and, and gold milk and yep. with that has turmeric and coconut mm -hmm. milk and what there's different, yeah. it's a brand that you find in Whole Foods. Yeah. And I, I have seen the gold milk and I've always heard about it, you know, so I made a cocktail with it using some mezcal and a bunch of other stuff. And mm -hmm. I love. I put pictures, posted on on YouTube, um, on Instagram, and I tagged the company. They loved it, so they reached out to me. We want to interview you. All the these cocktails are so fun. Um, let's send you samples. They sent me a whole box, a bunch of different. Wow. So one of them had the cold brew. So I made right white russian with it i did a a, a, a coffee uh, martini and mm -hmm. you know different cocktail variations with that same product that they have with different distilled spirits and so forth so that was fun um, yeah. so since then i haven't had a, a white russian so I'm like when i saw that like oh my gosh i look so yummy i haven't had that in a minute oh my gosh let me have one. yes and, and a lot of people, we, we were talking about this last week on the show, that some people are scared to pair cigars with milk. Oh. And when you make your white Russian, you're going to have like a milk-based thing. And some of my favorite pairings, and it doesn't matter what cigar I've had. I've had, you know, like, you know, very cigars that have been very intense and very bold. And whenever I've done a white Russian with it, it has been one of my favorite things to do. And, and I'm going to kind of like, you know, and most people are like, uh, no, I would, I'm not going to drink a white Russian with, and smoke a cigar. You're missing out. You are missing out if you don't do that and enjoy it. And it's kind of like how you were saying, you know, another one of my favorite is chocolatinis. I'll do a white chocolatini and regular chocolatini. And I haven't had where I've smoked a cigar and gone, Ooh, this is so bad. I don't want to drink this anymore. Let me change it up. So I just kind of, I, I was like, oh, she's a sister after my own heart. <laughs> so, so we, we yeah. got a question from, from our viewers. Albert asks, was it called Lucky Jack Coffee? I, I don't, I think that question's for you, Cynthia. Yeah. Okay. The, but what was was it called lucky jack coffee the one that you mixed with the um with the martini they on the different the company that sent you something was it lucky jack that's what he was asking oh he wanted to know what the name of the company was yeah, yeah. oh i'm sorry i'm sorry yeah let me look at yeah I, did, I didn't i didn't phrase it correctly <laughs> Yeah, and, and and I'll look it up right here real quick. Yes. Um, yeah, they have a great selection. They're, they're super delicious. Uh, let's see. Okay, what, here it is. It's called Rebel. Rebel, mm. okay. So, so. It's, let me see if, if you guys can... Wait a minute. I don't think we, we're going to be able to see it because of the background. Yeah, right. 
Yeah. Well, and, I know, yeah. But, and I know so, Whole Foods, you said it was at Whole Foods, right? Mm-hmm. So um, on my uh, Instagram page that is called Hostess underscore with the mostest, there's a lot of pictures that I myself taken um, of the cocktails that I made or put together during the pandemic. Everything was closed. So I needed to entertain myself with something. And that's one, that's the post. Um, it was their cold brew. I did the chocolate, yeah, the coffee martini, the white Russian. Uh, it was delicious. Um, I mean, there are so many things that products out there. There's a, a cocktail with um, that was, um, I made it with the Sephir, Sephirgen. Uh, they're in Texas. And Sephirgen has their own recipes. They sent me a recipe that they wanted me to make so I could post it with their uh, gin. And it was to, you know, to use. Um, at that time, they wanted uh, the cocktail to have some components that was healthy. Mm-hmm. You know, it was the, yeah. the COVID and everything. Uh, it has uh, An orange a spoon <laughs> of elderberry syrup. Oh, that's interesting. You never thought about making a cocktail with that. It was two ounces of the Sephir Black. You know, it was gin. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, half an ounce of dry vermouth and a mm-hmm. bar spoon of elderberry syrup. That. And I, I had like to go that. to Whole Foods to buy the elderberry. Yeah. But but you know what Whole Foods does not have? Lychee, lychee or however you, however you pronounce it. The they, lychee? No. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I had yeah. to go, I went to five different stores. My boss, I get back and my boss is like, uh, long lunch day. I was like, well, I'm trying to find lychee. And he just goes, is that for your show tonight? I was like, yeah, I won't have much time afterwards. And he goes, no worries, I was just giving you a hard time. But I went to six different stores and finally I said, okay, heck with it. I went to, found an Asian food market that I drove like 10 miles. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And they yeah. didn't even have the fruit, but they had this like big old huge half gallon of, of the juice. Yeah, the can, yeah. No, no, it's, it's not in a can, it's, it's a like juice? a drug. It's just the juice. Oh, just the juice. Just the juice oh. in the handbook. So, oh, so yeah. I mean, I don't have anything to to garnish it, but mm. but what's funny is my daughter, you know, my my daughter and her husband husband st- live with me, and so she's with me on this, and she goes, okay, Dad, we're gonna do a shot of this, and we've never tried it. Poured us each of a, a shot in a shot glass, and we both, you know, naturally, I mean, have it from what we do, you know. You know, learning to, to get my sommelier for both my wine and wit and spirits is all you you take it on the nose first. So I, I went up and smelled it. And I was just like, oh, my God, that smells horrible. <laughs> and then tasted it. And I was like, wow, this is really good. And she tried and she goes, yeah, this is good. Just don't smell it first. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is interesting because like with me, because like, you know, I have like Amazon. Let me tell you, Amazon saves me because you just get it to the, I, I'm willing to pay for that convenience because 
I, I just don't have time. And they had the cans of it. And, but I'm, my kids, okay, so it's, it's after like somewhere, I don't even know what time it is, but my, uh, my, my son said it looked like two testicles. <laughs> you know, it, 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 I mean, that's coming from a 21 year old, you know, I'm going to have to say that. And he's like, why did you put two testicles in your ring? So um, I, I think that's kind of, you know, I am funny. gonna uh, excuse myself really quick. I'm going to go to the fridge and grab my cocktail. What do you <laughs> yes. do? I left it there so it could remain chill. Yes. Because it's extra warm over here in Puerto Rico as well. So yes. I'll be right back. So no how is yours pairing, Graybeard? Because I'm like that's what I'm interested in. It's because... very, it's very I mean, it's very balanced. Balanced? It's and... a very balanced pairing. Yeah, because like when you first, and the thing is, is like when you have a closed foot, because she had a closed foot and I had a closed foot and we, we've talked about it. When you light a closed foot, the purpose, like why they do closed foot is you get more, like when you have a closed foot, you get the strength of that cigar at the very cheers. bottom of it, you know? So yes, cheers. Yes, I'm going all but, over my computer. Uh-oh. So with close foot, you get like a lot of that when you first do it. So when I first did, did it, it was kind of like a, you know, a, a, a strong peppery because, and I, you know, of it, of the cigar, but it still went really well with the drink. Now that I'm going through my cigar and I'm getting close to like the second third of it, this cigar has like a sweetness to it. You know, um, I want to say kind of like that grainy oatmeal sweetness to it that you have from cereal. And it is like going so well with my cocktail both ways. Like it, when I'm smoking it and even on the retro hell, it brings out the sweetness of the cigar and it brings out the sweetness of, you know, we talked about like, it was like, I said, if it, a peach and a pear got married, that's what this baby would be, you know? And it is actually picking up that. And you know how you were talking about whenever you have the vodka with like, you know, a natural spring or, you know, that it, it's got a little bit of sweetness to it, that vodka. It's not so in your face, I'm vodka yeah. and here's the grain of the potato. So, um, or corn or however, it depends on how they're making it, right? So it's balanced. It depends upon how many times they've distilled it too, because the more times True. you distill it, the yes. higher the proof is going to be, and that proof is going to come through. So where right. where you and I are both, we're both at at uh, eighty proof, forty percent, because I'm I'm mine is with dripping springs as well, and I'm not I'm not sure what yours is, but I mean other other vodkas where you're coming in, and there is no ceiling on vodka, you know. Right. Like, you know, you can have a vodka that's coming in at, at 160, 170 proof, unlike bourbon, you know, to where really, you know, it's not supposed to be bottled more than 125 proof. You know, it's got to come out of the barrel at 125 proof. So, so right. that's going to come in to play with it as well. 
And then, and then I want to bring out another note. So both of us are both, all three of us are, are smoking Maduro or Escotos, mine is an Escoto. And a lot of people equate the color of the leaf to peppery or spicy. And, and what you just said just brings home the point of what we've been saying for the past mm -hmm. few weeks. The longer that the tobacco leaf is fermented, the darker it's going to get. It's going to go into those darker colors, the Maduro, the double Maduro, the Escaro. And that brings out the sweetness of the leaf and brings that much more forward. So right. you just brought you just brought home that point of what we're trying to make. And so people quit thinking that a Maduro is automatically or an Escaros is automatically going to be a strong bold in your face cigar it's it it's the whole it's the whole blend together right. that takes that brings it to that point not just the color of the wrapper there right. i'll step off of my my soapbox and your soapbox for a minute yeah <laughs> so um so i'm just in in, in like graybeard said he was fanboying i'm fangirling because, you know, you, I think it's like, you know, um, you, ha you have so many different uh, platforms and things. So like the first one, I was so glad because you answered one of the questions, like, you know, of, you know, the, um, now I can't, my mind went blank. My Spanish brain hasn't kicked in. So oh, I'm the, not the even pronounce that. I'm not yeah, even. The Hermanas, the Hermanas, the, uh, the Hermanas that one and almost went into Spanish but like the hermanas you got that together so women can come together and do that and you said that you've been doing that for two two years correct on that one so um you answered my question because I was going to say okay how how did you start that how did that come about and but it's not officially like you know uh, you told us your goal so how did you come and form that in then it went kind of like into the sister of the leaf global movement, the movement, I'm going to say global, but the movement, um, which was perfect, like a marriage for that. But then you have your Puerto Rico Cigar Fest. So like, I just want to know everything that you're involved in. So tell us how you got there. And, you know, when you started smoking cigars, all of that beautiful thing and cocktails, because she's a mixologist. And I just want to come, when I come to Puerto Rico, I want to come hang with you and smoke and drink. I want to come down to Puerto Rico for the cigar festival. My only fear yes. is that everybody's going to be talking Spanish and I'm going to be going. Be like, yo no sé, yo no sé. ¿Qué? 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 You'll be fine. You'll be fine. <laughs> well, um, the uh, I, I started in, in the spirit cocktail part of it. Um, I discovered the world of cocktails around 2015 or so. Um, here in Puerto Rico, uh, they were promoting these uh, these events with for world class, the world class competitions, and there were bartenders or mixologists from different uh countries from latin america uh coming because puerto rico was one of the hosts where these presentations and competitions were taking place 
And so I just attend that like, oh, this is cool. Let me check it out. Um, so when I went, I didn't know, I had no expectations. I've never been. So when I, I went to my, the first bar, I'm like, wow, this is amazing. And now all of these garnishes, like all these like uh, bay, um, not bay leaves, um, uh, they have cilantros and they have mm -hmm. the mints and they have all sorts of herbs, right? Yeah. Basil yeah. and Lavender, the fruit and everything, everything and the shaking and the pouring and, and these complexities of these cocktails. I fell in love with everything. I'm like, wow. It's like I discovered something awesome. And uh, from there, from that moment on, forget it. I was going to everything that I could, that I would see on social media. I would go out to different bars and I started meeting, you know, getting to know the, the bartenders at that time here in Puerto Rico. And then two years later, the Hurricane Maria hit. Um, oh yes, I remember that. Yeah. And then a few months later, um, with the agents, because I was working for the federal government at the time, I transferred to Texas. I went to Dallas. Um, and so I continued doing what I was doing here, exploring. That's what I was doing. I would explore, take pictures, post it, that type of stuff. Uh, but in, in, in Dallas, it took a different shape. It just grew into, you know what? I wanna buy myself a Canon camera. Mm -hmm. A basic one, you know, a Rebel, uh, what is it, uh, S6, something like that. And I taught myself, looking at YouTube, reading, whatever, I just taught myself uh, little by little by trial and error. I was so excited taking all these awesome pictures and posting and, and I will, after work, I will get off at 4.30 and I will have a list of the bars that I wanted to visit Monday to Friday. Yeah. And obviously it was perfect because at that time, happy hour, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, I was ready for my pocket. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so every day I will go to a different bar, check out their happy hours, take pictures, try different things, talk with the bartenders. And little by little, I created the, this network, of mm -hmm. the competitions that there were taking place. Um, one of them was the first competitions that I attended in Dallas was at the Standard Poor and Uptown Dallas. Yeah. Yep. Oh my gosh, it was awesome. Like I will look forward to those Mondays. Mm -hmm. uh, the the brawl that's what they called it something brawl <laughs> and it took a few months those competitions every yeah. Monday when it ended I was so sad I'm like well I'm gonna do with my Mondays now <laughs> um, but the thing was that it, it, there were um, a lot of uh, Latino bartenders so. I, without realizing it, um, I learned later, it was brought to my attention that I was the only Latina cocktail blogger at the time in Dallas, Fort Worth. Like, really? Oh, okay. You know, if you say so. Actually, I, I was extended an invitation by 
uh, what is uh, it called? They're from Colorado. It's a whiskey company out of Colorado. And they invited me. And they're the ones, I remember, they're the ones that told me that they were searching uh, for cocktail bloggers. And they wanted to have a good representation to, to have access to different parts of the community. And they looked out for Hispanic, uh, Latino or Latina cocktail bloggers in the area. And I came up with Hostess with the Mostess from Puerto Rico. And that's how I got invited. That's when I learned about that. Like, wow, really? Wow, that's interesting. Was and then- Was the distillery Breckenridge or Stranahan's or? Actually, I have, uh, where's the bottle? Oh my goodness. I'm trying to look for the bottle. We can never find the bottle when we want to find the bottle. Oh my goodness. We never find the cigar when we want to find the cigar, right? Right. Like, like Graybeard experienced that earlier. And you know, as soon as this show is over, I'm going to go upstairs and find exactly what stuff here. I cannot believe it. It's something about, uh, is it oak? Axe in the oak. Yeah, Axe in the oak. Yes, absolutely. Those are good friends of mine. Yes, I was yes. going to say, Graybeard actually did a barrel, uh, a barrel pick with one of our groups on that. Yeah. yeah. That, good, good friends, good friends. Yeah. And uh, they did this launch, uh, different places in downtown, on uh, the downtown area and different cities of Texas because they had, they were just introducing the line, the brand to the to the market of in, in Texas. So, and that was uh, 2018. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, in 2018. I, I, and I um, they launched when they launched here. Yes. So that's when I learned about that. Um, and it, it just something that just one door open the other type of thing. But yeah. I would say I will contribute it more to the right play, the right time, the right place. It was the right moment. It, right. it, it just happened like that. Um, and that helped me a lot uh, to one, uh, get noticed, if you want to call it like that. Um, mm -hmm and be invited. I got invited like every week. Every week there was a brand doing something. Uh, most of all these events are take place Monday through Thursday for the most part. Um, because, well, you know, it's slower in the bars and it costs them less money than during the weekends it's a higher. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So, um, so many, brands uh, i mean it's it's just incredible and the network of people with the bartenders and the liquor reps and the brand ambassadors mm -hmm. and so forth um i was very very welcomed by the industry but another thing was that i would follow i would give follow to all the bars i would search do search of all the bars and i will follow them 
if they had a presence on social media, because then they will post, hey, uh, Tuesday night, we're gonna have this brand, the brand is gonna be here. And most of the time, they were free. This, mm -hmm. this was free product. And so, they will allow you to go behind the sticks and shake your own cocktail, try mm -hmm. the, the recipe. They wanted interaction. They wanted people to really have the experience. There will be good bites and everything and swag. <laughs> and, and, you know, um, and that's how I, I would see all these things. So they will say RSVP and it will be at one or two o'clock in the afternoon. I will mm -hmm. ask time off from work because I was working in downtown. So it was perfect. I will ask for some hours of my own time. I will go to the event and then I will go back to work. And that's how I would do it. Sometimes there were uh, presentations, kind of classes of brands like Diageo would do them. Yeah. Uh, or if not, it will be specific, like Kettle One will do it, or it will be Patron. And it will be at 10 o'clock in the morning at a bar. And you will have bartenders attending them, right? To come up to speed with the product and some liquor reps. I will be the only cocktail blogger at 10 o'clock in the morning sitting with all of them, having cocktails and tastings of these spirits and writing down, I will have so much stuff written down in little books and annotations. Because besides that I was passionate about it and I loved it, I felt that I had a responsibility that if I had a platform and I was gonna write content and share my experiences and the event and cocktails and the recipes and how to make them and all that, you need to know what you're writing about. Exactly. You know, you're not gonna do a copy paste. There's a no. lot of yes. bloggers out there. They do that. Oh, yeah. I do cross reference. I copy what they posted and I put it in Google and voila, word by word. They just oh, yeah. don't copy and paste. They don't even bother to switch their words around and put in their own words. It, but, it's, the same on, it's the same on, on cigar pairings and, and cigar notes. I mean, I've, I've sitting there mm -hmm. and I've seen where, you know, so-and-so magazine, you know, easing that's based out of Dallas here that loves to describe their cigars in a very uh, overly boisterous way. And then you'll copy and paste that into another, you know, into Google and you'll see that X number of other websites that are not as big as as this one, and I'm I'm trying to tiptoe around the name, but I'm pretty sure everybody knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. And you'll see the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. and, then, and I say I see the same thing on pairings, and and when I'm writing about pairings, I I try you know I I try to not. I, I purposely don't read out, go out and read the notes of whatever the drink is that I, or the, the drink or the cigar is, and then come up with our, note, our own notes and describe that and write it that way. And that's the only way that you're going to grow your palate. Because if you read, then you're influenced by what you're reading and you're not, exactly. you're not understanding what you're tasting. And, and my, and like, and I love the fact, so I'm, I'm going to like, 
I love, 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 love the fact that you went out there. And the thing is, is like they have so many opportunities. You just have to look for them. And I love that you for free. Yeah. I got all the indications for free. And I know that, like, you know, for me, I can't, because of what I do during my day job, I can't go out and taste liquor. But it's kind of like how you were saying. I was sitting there thinking, okay, I started doing mixology back, like, in 2025, 26. I had five kids at home, and they were five and under at that time. So I was like, I needed a stress relief. And that was my stress release was to make different cocktails. And, and I love the fact that you said that you went to YouTube and you went, and here's the thing, and I'm showing my age and we're all showing our age. Back when we were younger, we didn't have YouTube. We didn't have any of this stuff. So it was harder for us to discover things. And it was kind of funny because like I was meeting with uh, someone who was 25 and they're like, how did you do certain things without the internet? And I'm like, well, we had a hard copy and all this other stuff. The internet is such a beautiful tool that we can go on YouTube and we can research things. We can look at different things. We can go to TikTok because TikTok is the new, you know, almost like kind of like a YouTube kind of a thing where they can show you how to mix drinks or, you know, even smoke, you know, light a cigar or different things. And it's a great tool that we have, but I love the fact that you said that you weren't scared to watch the videos, you weren't scared to learn, and you weren't scared to go to the classes. And the only way I think that if you want to grow is to, you know, to learn this stuff, is to look up things like that. And to see what's out there because like when you when you discover in a lot of like we kind of talked about this last week and, and I hate to say that we talked about this last week but we kind of did is like we talked about like go to cut and light go to the liquor events the mixology events go to the events like we like how I met you with the sister of the leaf global movement go to your cut and lighting things because this is the way you're going to learn things. And if you want to enjoy things more, it's out there mm-hmm. and it's available and it's right at our fingertips. And it's such a beautiful thing. And go to blogs, read what you can about things and you learn so much. But also I kind of like how you were saying, be leery about some things because I know for Greybeard and yourself and I, we, whenever we publish things, it comes from our heart. Mm-hmm. There are certain things that don't come from people's heart. So you kind of have to be leery about what you're looking at and to see if it comes from people's hearts. Does that make sense? Of course. I, I would no, even add to all of that of uh, be willing to be willing to step outside of your boundaries, to step outside yes. of your own box. Because if, you know, if all you ever drink is, is Highland Scotch, then you're never gonna understand what an Islay Scotch is or a, a 
or a weeded weeded bourbon or anything else. If all you ever smoke is the quote unquote full bodied cigars or medium bodied cigars, then you're never going to understand no. the the beauty that that's in a that's in a classic Dominican Republic cigar or the the beauty that's in a in a true plastic Cuban cigar. Well, and I'm even going to say of mixology, you know, yeah. because that's where that's where I think is kind of like where uh, Cynthia and I and, and in Greybeard were passionate about. Um, I'm going to say that I became interested in mixology to escape from my kids. You know, I needed an escape and something. And, you know, um, I think that's the beauty of it. So um, it you learn so much by trial and error and be willing to say, okay, this didn't work, so let's try this. And that kind of brings it back. It's like where you study, okay, this vodka is from an ice glacier, you know? And like the vodka that you listed, that you stated is such an amazing vodka. And like, I've had it a couple of times. And like, and the thing is, is like, I've had it and I forgot about it. And I'm like, when you brought it up, it totally reminded me of like, that's an amazing vodka. I need to revisit that. So um, follow us and follow them. I'm just yeah, going to put that you. in there. So go and, ahead. And, and follow, follow Cynthia. And, yes. and when we, when I post this on YouTube, I'll post your, um, your YouTube channels, your Instagram channels, you know, and all, all of your channels so that they can get in contact with you. But I'm curious as, I mean, what a, wow, what a fantastic journey into cocktails. I mean, and, and you are definitely someone that I respect when it comes to that. I'm curious as to how you transition that into cigars and pairing, pairing cigars to your cocktails yeah. and what your approach is. So I've been smoking since I was 21 years old. But it was something that I kept for myself, did for myself. Um, so I kept it separately. I, I started smoking cigars before I even learned or started even drinking any type of alcohol. See, so my first love was tobacco, cigars. And, um, so um, you've been smoking since I was 21. Yeah. And I'm 50 now. And um, I was sitting there thinking I, you were my age. <laughs> that you yeah. were like in your 40s. Yeah. Yeah. I just turned 50 in January. You, you yes. both you both you both are young and, and <laughs> I'll be damned. I've been smoking cigars longer than both of y'all. So um, and so, but I, I, I was too young. So I, I didn't pay attention. What is, what was it? I, I was smoking. Now I, my first cigar was a Davidoff. I will go over to the, to the cigar shop lounge in El Hotel San Juan right here in Isla Verde, uh, near me. And, you know, they had premium cigars there. So I yeah. didn't, I mean, I didn't know how important it was the Davidoff or the Romeo Juliet, you know, the Monte Cristo or nothing like that. I, yeah. I just, 
you know, whatever. Um, I just wanted to smoke cigars. And um, that's how I started. And, but, you know, now going now forward to 2015, when I start with all this in the cocktails and spirits and learning all this stuff in 2017, mm -hmm. 18, 19, and so forth. In 2020, June 2020, I transferred back to Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. When I transferred back to Puerto Rico, I started getting in contact again with the bartenders here. I kept some, you know, I will follow them and whatnot. But when I came back, I was like, okay, let me find out where are they? Where are they? Where are they bartending? What 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 they're doing? And mm -hmm. one of them, uh, he said, hey, yeah, I'm at uh, Casa Monte Cristo. I'm like, Casa Monte Cristo? Okay, so it's on Old San Juan, come and visit. I'm like, okay, so I went. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, this is awesome. This is beautiful. And mm -hmm. the, the bar, you know, the craft of cocktails, the whole thing, and the walking humidor. I, yeah. That's when both worlds came together for me. That was the awe moment. Because before I, before I left and went to Texas, there was no Casa Monte Cristo. Right. There were there were just you can count them with the fingers of one hand. Okay, what we had in Puerto Rico as a cigar shop slash lounge, maybe no, there was no nothing. There was no traditional cigar lounge in Puerto Rico. There was only there was one. Uh, but it was for members only. Oh. They will keep switching it back, members only, and then not, and then yes. But the, for the most part, members only, which is uh, at the Vanderbilt in the Condado area, as mm -hmm. called now uh, the Avalanche. Uh, very expensive, you know, it's very high end. Um, but any other place that you could go to, because later with the years, the Hotel San Juan, the cigar lounge shop that I was telling you about, they closed. When that hotel passed to a different management was bought out, they turned the hotel as a non-smoking hotel. They eliminated it. Oh, and, and that's it, it was gone. Um, yeah. And so when I was working, you know, at that time with the federal government, right, we had, a, there's, it's still there, a whole, um, a mall. And inside the mall, there's one of those uh, cigar chains, it's called Don Rey. So they're in La Placita Santurza, will go on Thursday nights to sing karaoke, and they will have the cigars in the plaza, in the open, and I'll grab a cigar and smoke my cigar before I will start bolting out and singing karaoke. Uh, <laughs> yes, karaoke, um, yes. Um, and then, uh, but they still have that shop inside the mall. You cannot smoke there. You just uh, you buy the cigars there. So I will buy them and and take them home. That type of stuff. Um, but since 2019, thing has been changing a little bit, and mm -hmm. because Casa Monte Cristo opened, and then other little lounges are opening, spread out 
like their bar restaurants, but they allow cigar smoking and they will have like little humidors or space to have some, a few cigars for people to buy. That type of scenario, that type of setup. And, um, and that just started uh, 2019 to 2020 by the time I got here. Wow. So um, that was June of 2020 and August 2020, I opened my platform on Mujeres y Humo, Sotolo, Puerto Rico. And that's where we are today. Uh, so it, it, it's one of those things, everything that I have accomplished since, you know, when I started the whole thing in 2015, it's been growing organically. It wasn't something that this is what I want to do. And this is how I'm going to do it. No, it was, I fell in love. I fell in love and everything has grown from there. And it's one of those things that, and I just noticed that the, the last couple of days with everything that I'm doing, still my head is going like, wow, what if? I'm still with the what if. And I have like a, a pen and like a, a tablet of paper right next to my nightstand. And all of a sudden I will have these ideas. I have it in my car as well. I have it in my purse. When a dia comes around, I write it down or whatnot. And then I follow through and do some research later. It's one of those things that when, when I think that I've, 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 okay, this is it. I'm done. No, I'm not done. <laughs> because there's still so much to do. There's so much room. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, it's, it's art, basically, if you think about it. It's art. It's a form of art. When a person, when you, when it, it's about creating, being creative, and there's no expiration date for that. No, there, there's not. And there's, no. there, there's so much to learn and so much to grow in, mm -hmm. in all of this. And, and I love that you described it as art because me, myself being an artist as well, that's where I've been drawn so much into cigars and whiskeys and wines and and even more so now I'm getting more into the, the cocktails and it's an it's an art in the pairing of them and and taking that pairing on to that next level that's what uh Joe loves to say it's where it's more than just a a light-bodied cigar with this, you know, light-bodied cigar with, with a white wine. Well, I've paired a, I've paired a, what a lot of people would call a medium-bodied cigar, medium-bodied Dominican with a white wine. We've done, we've done it with champagnes, and you've got to pay attention to what's in it, you know, to find those behaviors. And I love how you said this, and Red mentioned it. Find those behaviors, those those flavors that will behave. And if you can find those flavors that will, you know, minimum behave, but if you can find those flavors that will marry, now, now you've got something that's beautiful. Yes. Yeah. And um, so that's where those two worlds came together. And Mujeres y Humo kept going from there uh, and then putting together events. But before I started doing events here in Puerto Rico, um, that was 
by my first trip was in November 2020. I went back to Dallas, visited some cigar lounges and whatnot. I got invited to be at the Good Cigar podcast. Mm -hmm. And you know, Al Roman is a fan of cocktails. He loved cocktails. So uh, we had so much fun uh, recording that podcast. Um, and from there, I started traveling. I took uh, some money that I had in my savings. And I said, I'm gonna travel in 2021. Pandemic, yes. Actually, when I went in November of 2020 to that trip in Dallas, just after a few months that I have transferred back to Puerto Rico, when I came back from that trip, I came back with COVID. Um, oh, no. Yeah. So um, by the time I got better and everything, my first trip was in January when I went to PA. And I hosted two events in PA sponsored by Don Q, Don Q Rum. Um, I even cooked cooked the cocktails the whole night uh, for the event. Um, then in March, I went back to PA. Uh, but in February, I went to the Great Smokes in Florida yeah. with Abe. Yes. And, and it just kept going. And then in April, I traveled for two weeks. I went to Orlando Cigar Festival, which was the first one. Then I went to Las Vegas uh, Cigar Festival. And then I went to Chicago to visit a few cigar lounges and promote. And then in May, I went to Houston Cigar Week and so forth. Yeah, yeah. And that's when with all the traveling, I was like, you know what? Um, Puerto Rico needs presence. There's a rich history of tobacco and cigars in Puerto Rico. And we have and I don't lost. think people realize that. No, so we, it was don't. lost. It got lost. When you see all the documentaries, even the hand roll, which is a beautiful documentary, by oh, the way. Yes. But Puerto Rico is nowhere to be mentioned. And, and Puerto Rico, from, 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 my, from my research that I've been doing, on some of the articles that I'm writing for, for a magazine that I write for, I'm noticing that Puerto Rico is really well known for, in the cigar side of the industry, mm -hmm. so all of the blenders and the factories, for their beautiful tobacco for fillers, and have done so much for fillers. And I'm wondering why it isn't that we don't know about that about Puerto Rico because right. I'm learning it's like wow I had no idea how much history was there exactly tobacco and cigars and it only makes sense exactly. of where the tobacco how the tobacco came up into the Caribbean it it's, only it's kind of like that duh moment yes that's what I had it's like that duh but it's sadly not mentioned like you were saying well, I mean, just to make it very short and simple, um, there was a moment in time where Puerto Rico was producing, growing tobacco, of course, Dominican Republic, but in Cuba and so forth. 
um, what happened that at that time, all these islands were under the Spaniard regiment, right? The, the crown mm -hmm. of Spain. So they were the government. And they came to a point that they established uh, a band, what is called in Spanish, estanco, an estanco for 10 years. You were not allowed to grow uh, tobacco. They have taken the seeds that were grown naturally here in the island and in Cuba, and they took it. Oh, okay. Um, and they took it to the states, to the also to my, but that's later on. That's later on, but. They took some of that and they started producing because they saw the value of it, right? But then um, Cuba have made uh, a claim and submitted, let's call it a proposal, right? Where, hey, you know what? They presented a business proposal. Hey, we need this, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, okay, fine. So they lifted the ban in Cuba but they never lifted the ban in Puerto Rico. Oh. So wow. basically what ended up happening was that it created a contraband in Puerto Rico. There were families growing tobacco under the radar secretly, but in the government at that time, the Spanish government, they, they learned about it. They will destroy your crop. And, and it was even a death sentence at that time. Wow. Um, yeah. So that's, that's basically you have Cuba in the forefront. Mm -hmm. Not were they only growing, but they were crafting, they were rolling, they were blending cigars. Puerto Rico wasn't. Later when finally got uh, lifted in the early 900, uh, 1900s, Puerto Rico was the fourth growing tobacco producer in, mm -hmm. the, in the Caribbean. And the tobacco, Puerto Rico was only producing growing tobacco to be exported. The tobacco that was consumed locally was more like, like chewing tobacco. They will have these ropes of tobacco okay. and they will cut it by yards mm -hmm. and they will use it to chew. And just very simple, you know, rolling cigars, nothing high, you know, thought after or whatnot. So we lagged behind when it came to growing within the industry, um, um, perfecting that art, that craft. Um, Puerto Rico was behind also uh, when it came to being self-sufficient and producing for their own. Uh, by the time uh, Spain lost the war, uh, Cuba went on its way, Republic, Dominican Republic went its way, but Puerto Rico as an island was very, very extremely poor. There was no construction of anything here. So when the United States at that time with the leaders that were here in Puerto Rico at that time, 
they asked, what do you want to do? Do you want to, you know, you know, be on your own? Uh, what do you want to do? And they, and the, the ones that were at that time, they said, well, we need help. We, we need some construction and stuff like that. We need the assistance. Like, okay, no problem. Um, at that time, they started building school, roads, hospitals, you know, all that stuff. Um, and my grandfather uh, that served in, in the Second World War, the Second World War, he learned English in school here in Puerto Rico. The texts were in English. Okay. Okay. When later in the 50s, when the government, when they say, okay, Puerto Rico can have their own governor and have their own government structure mirrored to the one in the States, then that changed. And then uh, all that was taken out and there were no texts in English, no classes in English, everything was into Spanish. Okay. Um, there came the industrialization. So not only tobacco disappeared, sugarcane disappeared and almost coffee growing disappeared. Um, so Puerto Rico became very dependent on the industrial mm -hmm. um, private companies, pharmaceuticals and stuff like that. So we had a different path a different journey than our sister and brothers in the Caribbean. Uh, and just that's just to put it very simply, but it's much more complicated than that. Mm -hmm. We had Luis Caldera, uh, he's a doctor, uh, professor that wrote uh, two volumes of the story of the history of the tobacco in Puerto Rico. And he launched a English version of it. Um, is very, very interesting. It, it truly is. Now there's a movement in Puerto Rico for the last couple of years of local cigar rollers that they want to recapture the, the history of tobacco in Puerto Rico. Oh, um, I would love to see that yeah. happen. So yes, there's production, there's growing of tobacco in Puerto Rico, but mainly like you said, they use it for fillers. They use some and they, they, they do limited runs when they have it available for their own lines. But there's not enough production for you to compete, for us to compete with Dominican Republic, Nicaragua, and Mexico, and so forth. Okay. It takes uh, an infinite amount of money, of resources, to be able to do something like yeah. that. Yeah, I, I um, exactly. So some of the things that I've heard in the industry that the reasons that they that I've been given why companies don't come here to invest, all because it's too expensive. Like, well, Puerto Rico is a U.S. territory. Yeah, you grow tobacco in Pennsylvania. You yeah. grow tobacco in Kentucky and, and in Florida, Florida and Connecticut. I mean, yeah. uh, and growing tobacco in the States is not cheap. The Pennsylvania broadly, the Connecticut broadly, these are very, uh, quite 
expensive tobacco. The, and it is used. the most expensive tobacco. And you got agua in other countries to make blends, right? Yeah. So mm -hmm. it cannot only solely be that. I know it has to do with so many other things, more political than anything, the red tape and all this other stuff, because it's complicated. You have Puerto Rico as a US territory, but we have two governments. We have the local state government. We have the federal government. I mean, you have, we cannot do any sorts of uh, deals, commercial deals with any other country directly. We had to do it all through the United States. So anything that comes into Puerto Rico has to come in a vessel with the American flag. It cannot come in from any other country, right? The Jones Act. Right. So it's extremely complicated. So there's yeah. so many factors that comes into play. Um, coffee here in Puerto Rico is extremely delicious, but it can be expensive because the few growers there are here in Puerto Rico, coffee growers, uh, I mean, they produce, they're, it's incredible, but some they keep it, it's, they yield very little. So it, it becomes very expensive. Uh, some what they do is they blend local beans with beans from other countries, just like we do with the cigars. We blend some of our own with uh, Mexican or Dominican or Nicaraguan and so forth to have. So we can say that we have hand-rolled Puerto Rican, hand-rolled cigars made in Puerto Rico. Um, there's a few that I've heard, they claim they're, they have 100% puro Puerto Rican cigars. Honestly, I have not tried them. Uh, maybe one or two, what they claim to be, but I cannot vouch for that because I have not seen it. I have not seen the production. I haven't seen it made where they can, where I can say, yeah, I've been witness to it. I have proof. I can say that. I was gonna say, um, I can't a single cigar yeah. That, that that has even Puerto Rico tobacco on it. And and one of the one of the sad things about about how we label our cigars is that a Dominican Republic cigar a cigar can be, be called a Dominican Republic cigar if it's rolled there and have its tobacco come from any other re, you know any other region. So it could mm -hmm. absolutely have filler cigar, you know, filler tobacco that's originated in Puerto Rico, but it's classified as a Dominican because it was rolled there. Yeah. And I, I think that does a, a disservice to some of the other smaller regions. So, you know, Peru is another region that- Oh my goodness, yeah. But is, I mean, I've, I've, smoked, I've smoked some cigars that has Peruvian tobacco in it and those great cigars. But unless you know and you delve deep into it to understand, mm -hmm. you, you have you have no idea that that's part of where it's come from. We, we've got a couple of questions since we're talking about Puerto Rico. Uh, one question that came back, and and I'm curious as to this because especially with your with your sisters of the leaf movement, and and I'm not going to try to pronounce the the other one, you know that originally. <laughs> um, how many? Uh, yeah, no, I, I'm too Texan. Um, how many women in Puerto Rico 
smoke cigars? Is, is it a big population? And then along the lines of what you've just been talking about, <laughs> did Puerto Rico see a big impact on 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 the rum industry with with all of this that that had gone in, on in Puerto Rico? All right. So I want to start with a rum question. Uh, Puerto Rico uh, produces uh, at least eighty percent of the rum that it is sold in the United States. Wow! Wow! That is why oh, Puerto Rico. Yeah. Like I'm that, just like my mind just went. That is why Puerto Rico is called uh, the wrong capital of the world. Wow, I, I didn't All know that was the, the wrong capital of the world. Yeah, no, and I it's didn't. not because oh, it's the best rum in the world, and our rum is good. It's 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 awesome, but it's because of the production of the rum that is produced in Puerto Rico. And then you will go like, well, wait a minute, you just said that the cultivation of sugarcane in Puerto Rico is almost none. And yes, that's true. Um, there are some sugarcane or varieties of sugarcane grown in Puerto Rico. And there's some new rums that are being produced in Puerto Rico with those sugarcanes. But for the most part, uh, let's say, Serrayes, uh, which is Don Q, or uh, Bacardi, and so forth. These, the, 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 um, they bring the molasses. They're imported, okay? They're okay. imported. There's no way for us to produce the amount of rum that we produce in Puerto Rico in order without the amount of sugarcane that you need for that. So the molasses are imported. What is unique to each brand is their yeast that they use as a secret recipe of years and their families that is used to, you know, ferment their own rum, their way of their distilling and their process and so forth. That's a whole different, right? So that's what makes everybody's rum different and unique, of course. But the molasses that are used to produce the rum it's imported, okay? So there we go again. We have production, but a lot of the raw materials are imported in order to produce these products. And then the other question about how many women, I don't have an exact, an exact count because not all the women that cigar smokers in Puerto Rico, they do not uh, belong to the Mujeres y Mons uh, Sotolo Puerto Rico, but I can say that by going to the different shops, cigar lounges, and so forth, there are more than there were a few years back. I mean, you will not see no woman, none at these places because they were mainly for men uh, with a plastic chair sitting in front of, of the shop and the sidewalk drinking beer. No, women were not going to be there. But now you have a Casa de Monte Cristo, um, which is a beautiful space. And you have cigar smokers. You have non-cigar smokers that go there because of the crafts and cocktails. Um, and everybody comes together and have a good time. And a lot of women 
they smoke for the first time. They're like, well, I'm already here. I might as well. Let me try it. Right. And so forth. I've been reached out. Hi, I'm following your, your page. I'm such, you know, interested and okay, let's meet. And that's how I've had a lot of the members. That's how I've met them. They became members because they will reach out. We will meet at the Casa Monte Cristo, what have you, and so forth. But um, it, there's much more now. They're more willing to try. They are a little bit more comfortable wanting to go to a cigar lounge. Um, but still, we have long ways to go. It, it's, we're still not, in comparison to what we see in the States, when there's events that there, if, with what I've seen or what I've experienced and witnessed in the States, we're not there yet. We're not okay. there yet. But we are way better than we were years back. Um, I was reading some question about, what was it, Don Cool Cristal? What was that? Yeah, so, so we had a, a cu couple of questions. Um, one is, uh, is, is Don Q Cristal popular in Puerto Rico? And the other one is, are you a fan of Wesson Yandel? Yeah. Of course, Wesson Yandel. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, uh, that's another part of our culture, right? The urban part of it, uh, the reggae, eh, well, it used to be how it started, reggaeton, because it came from reggae yeah it was in the <laughs> 90s late 80s early 90s uh i was in high school i was in senior year um and this movement was starting um and then it is what it is today right yeah. um but yeah definitely i, I love we seen in gender <laughs> see and, um, and i'm glad that you brought that up because like i started in 1997 when in this is back in the day when you could smoke cigars when you were 18. I ah. think that was kind of a thing. So I started at 19 when I started smoking cigars. And I and I think and I, and it's this, it's kind of like the same question. Is I think that like in the, the 90s, like late 80s, early 90s, and even into the late 90s, was women started smoking cigars like publicly, you know, before it was always hidden. And then in the, you know, the nineties is when it became like a, I don't want to say a fad, but I hate to say it. That's when it became a fad where everybody would try it. And that's when women were like, okay, it's okay. Social, like socially. I don't, I don't know if I said the word correctly. Yeah. Yeah. To, smoke cigars so that's kind of like for me that's when it was like okay to smoke cigars and then for a while we kind of disappeared in the background and then here recently we came full force mm -hmm. I mean I don't know is that like kind of the same experience you had yeah no definitely uh, and let me and, and and let me say this uh at home nobody smoked cigarettes or cigars Right. But there was a full bar. Okay. My dad was an avid collector. Actually, I have bottles right now that they're 35 years old and my own. Oh bar. my gosh, it's awesome. And my dad just handed them to me because 
he cannot drink anymore. You know, yeah. he's hard and medications and all that. But back yeah. in the day, we had a huge bar in the living room and never gave me the curiosity to try any of it. I was like, eh, eh, whatever. My dad will travel a lot because of his job. And every time he will travel, he will bring bottles. And, um, and at that time back then, um, it was normal here to see minors at a bar <laughs> with their dad or their mom and people smoking mm -hmm. and drinking. It was part of the culture, family gatherings, everybody drinking and smoking, whoever smoked, whatever. And you were there. Right. Now they will call child services on you. But back then, that was the norm. So mm -hmm. on the weekends, my parents didn't pay for sitters or nothing. We'll go out as a family. We'll be all together. We'll go to dinner, whatever. And then we'll walk around Old San Juan. And my dad knew a lot of you know people. My dad sings. So they knew he said, hey, come over here, sing us a song. And we were with that. You know, he would start belting out, singing, drinking, people smoking. And we were there like, you know, whatever. For me, it was normal. Yeah. Um, so I grew up in that environment. But it never uh, hinted me to want to drink. And I never come across with cigar smoking until I was eight years old. And it was because my dad's boss, he was Cuban and he smoked the pipe and then cigars. Right. Yeah, because in this bars and stuff, I never saw anybody smoking cigars. It was cigarettes. Um, so what I'm trying to say with this story, this background story is to explain, it was normal to see kids with their parents hanging around all these places, but yet it was not okay or common to see women by themselves or with other ladies smoking and drinking in these places. If you saw a woman doing that, which there were a few, oh, look at that one. Mm. Oh. You know, what, whatever. Yes, I'm smoker. Yeah. See? Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the demeanors or whatever. That was not ladylike. You're a lady. Yeah. You don't do those things. You're not in that place. That's no place for a single woman or woman to be there. Yeah. So obviously, when I reached out, I, I was like wanting to smoke my own cigar. I wasn't doing it publicly. I would have it in my uh, balcony or somewhere when I was out, not doing like plain view, but that hotel in particular, because it was very elegant. Yeah. And I, uh, I felt kind yeah. of comfortable, they were welcoming. So I think I lucked out that mm -hmm. I had that, my first experience to be like that, that yeah. I needed somewhere that I could, but there was nowhere else at that Correct. time. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's all about uh, the time and the era and also the culture. Yeah. I grew up in a Latin culture. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it, they're very strict when it comes to these things. Um, there was a question also about 
don't you? So uh, a very interesting uh, uh, detail is that in Puerto Rico, most Puerto Ricans, they drink don't you instead of Bacardi. Yeah. Bacardi is very well known internationally. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's a product that it's, and also in the States. But don't you always remain very local. Um, now in Texas, if I'm not mistaken, is I think it's in Arlington, if I'm not mistaken. But in, they have the uh, Don't Q USA, it, their offices, headquarters is there in Texas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for yeah. the US market. Um, and there's some more presence of the spirit in the States, but still Bacardi is number one in the States, really, uh, or in, internationally. But there are other brands. You have Palo Viejo. Uh, it's another brand of, of, of rum. Then you have the Ron de Barrilito. It's another rum uh, that they, it's very old. Actually, Ron de Barrilito is the oldest rum, and uh, local rum in Puerto Rico. And, and, and I want to kind of like, yeah, go ahead. I'm, I'm so sorry, but no, I wanted I want to touch like how you said it was like cross culture, because as a, as a woman, and, and I'm sorry, gray beard. And, and I just have to highlight this because like when I started in the late nineties to smoking, I was, I was like, it was so hard to find other women who smoked cigars. It was very difficult. And I feel like here within the last, you know, 10 years in the United States, it's become culturally acceptable except, and, and I'm going to kind of like point this on here because I've talked about my dad and my dad, I love my father. I love what all he's done, but he cannot grasp the fact that I smoke cigars. Like he's okay with me drinking a beer. He's okay with me drinking other things, but the fact that I smoke a cigar He's like, oh, you can't do that because it's not culturally accepted. So, you know, I think I think it's a very important that you brought that fact upon it because like here in the United States, and, it, and like Graveyard, I'm going to reach out to you on this one, is like when it's become acceptable for us in the United States, and it kind of like how you said, for women to smoke cigars. And I feel like, you know, I started in the 90s and I felt like I was like one in like a hundred thousand that smoked a cigar. And I don't know if you felt that way too, but it was very rare to come across a woman who smoked in the 90s. And then I feel like in the last five to 10 years, it's been culturally accepted. And then even then it's kind of like, do you really know what you're doing with the cigar? I mean, th- that's kind of like my question is the same for you in that aspect for like Puerto Rico because we have such, like America has such an impact on Puerto Rico with their culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've, I've been smoking cigars since 91, 92. So, and I was 97. 
for for for, thir for thirty plus years now, and I I never seen I never saw any women smoking cigars really until like what you said, Red, and what what you talked about, Cynthia, is until like the last you know five five to ten years, and really in the last five years, and so really to kind of go along with Red's question, but. Well, one of the things I want to point out is that we see a lot of we see a lot of women that are that are really promoting the the Sisters of the Leave movement, and and I'm so thankful to see that. But I want to call out all the men that are watching all of this is that and and will watch this that that this it's the responsibility is not just on the women to make it known that it's it's socially acceptable and encouraged for women to step out and smoke cigars. It's also on us. And I would yeah. say even bigger on us because as men, we're the ones that are usually coming out and going, oh, you're a woman that you're a woman that smokes cigars. Oh, well, you must be really new to it. And you must really only like the 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 sweet tipped or the infused flavored cigars. I mean, Red, you and I've seen that with, as we've gone traveled together and have gone into lounges where a, a man will come up to you in a humidor and go, "Oh, well, well, we we have we have these uh, we have these sweet tips over here." Let, let me. Yeah, let me you the, so, so, so my question, my question to kind of go along with that is, from what would you? to see for those of us that are men that are in the industry do to help what can we do to help women become more recognized as I mean out, outside of just social media because there's a lot of women that are really big into cigars and social media and some of them that will use their womanly assets to promote it, but I mean, come on, the, the, the real men in the industry like myself and all of those that are watching us on, on Facebook Live right now, what is it that we can do to help with this? Is there anything that we can do to help? To kind of go along with, with Red's question as well. Well, wow, you, you tap into several things there. Um, Nobody gets, okay? Well, <laughs> let, let, let me put it this way. Um, if, if there's no demand, there's no audience for certain things, then whatever it is out there will, will, sit, will, sit, will stop to exist. So what I'm, or I'm trying to say right is like, let's say using the top, one of the things that you addressed, uh, women that are in social media, utilizing uh, their bodies to promote cigars. And if, if, you, if you want a change or, or wanting that to, dissipate or take a different form then one way is for men to start clicking like and stop clicking follow to those type of accounts be the change yes. that you want to see so yes. Yes. if there's no demand for it 
there's no audience for it. That's why it exists because they know there is an audience for it. So if there's an audience and there's following and there's liking, then you are promoting it. You are. And, and so then, and, and, and what are we gonna do? Say to other sectors of men that like that, that they cannot do that anymore? No, we're not here to judge. It's it, 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 the question like that was also said uh, also to uh, Lefty and Anastasia um, the other day. As a Zotogo movement, we're not here to judge anyone. We're not judge, we're not jury. We're no. not here about that. We are aware that that's going on and it happens. And we welcome everybody, mm -hmm. okay? Um, I can acknowledge you that you're, you're posting or whatever, fine. That's what you wanna do, that's, that's your prerogative and that's then that's perfect. More power to you, okay? Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that I have to agree with it. And if I don't agree with it, and that's not what my platform is about, I cannot promote you. I cannot share. Tag me 20 day, 20 times a day with any of your posts. I am not gonna share it in my stories or share it on my posts or nothing like that because that we do not support it. We yeah. respect it. Yeah, we do respect that, but I don't see myself obligated to share that because I don't do it. So, so that I don't know if that in a way that answers your question. No, no, yeah. it, it's perfect. And I would like to challenge all the men out there. You know, something that I'm trying to do, and and I hope that both of you have seen this. Is I see you know your post and and other women that you know post when they're talking about the cigar you know, as beautiful as, as, as you both are and as other women are, I try to comment back to what it is that it's the cigar. How is that? Pairing? Wow, you know, be beautiful, beautiful pairing. And I try to bring that attention out so that hopefully other men would, would see and not just go, oh my God, you look so amazing. Well, yeah, in my opinion, every woman looks amazing. But you, I mean, you, you, Cynthia, you've had some absolutely beautiful pairings and that's what yeah. you're trying to promote. And that's what I want to focus on is what it is that you're trying to promote, not just what a beautiful woman that you are. Does that make yeah, sense? Because it's already a given. Yes. I yeah. say, what, what I've said to other people is like, listen, the moment you can you can have you can be up to here with with a shirt or whatever, not showing no skin whatsoever. The moment that a woman holds a cigar in her hands, light it up and start smoking it, just because of the fact that it is a woman doing that, that right there automatically, it's an eye catcher. Oh yeah, it becomes sexy. It becomes attractive. Right. It, 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 and, and, and we as women cannot 
do anything about that because we are women, right? So yeah. there's nothing that we can do to avoid those looks or whatever. So that by itself already, it's already attractive. So there's really no need to go above and beyond, uh, you know, to put uh, cigars and a picture in other parts of our body to promote it. And you know, I love what you, I love what you said because it's perfectly said. Because, and I know I've gotten it, and I promised you that you've gotten it because people are like, can you show a smoking cigar? When I get a message that says, hey, can you show me yourself in your face smoking a cigar? I'm not going to address that. And that's what I love about you is because my whole idealistic and, you know, in like Graybeard and like, you know, Leaf and Grain, I want to say is like, we don't want to show you smoking our cigar. We want to show the cigar. We want to show the reason why behind the cigar. And that is one thing is like that I am so appreciative of you and that I love about you is because you want to go above and beyond than just smoking a cigar. And your post eliminate, uh, illuminate? Illuminate, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah, yeah eliminate that and like the first thing is like that's one thing is like yeah we do have a sexiness we do have an appeal for people smoking the cigar yeah we want that I mean not want that but we want more in depth of that we want to be acknowledged that we do have an understanding that we do possess knowledge of that and we want y'all to explore that not just the fact that we're smoking a cigar. Does that make sense? I, I, I got to jump in and jump in here because this isn't the first time I've seen this comment. Joe, Joe said, great beard needs to show more beard. And, and I've, I've had, had a couple of people that, that other people have said that maybe that's what I need to do to get the followers is just to have more cigar with my beard. Yeah. So, and, and, I'm so you know, and I'm glad that you said that. And, 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 Listen, and it's it's tempting. It's mm -hmm. very very easy to get distracted, lose focus yeah. on why you're doing what you're doing. Because yeah, there's there certain there is this also this thing about wow, you know how many followers. Let's use mm -hmm. an example. You have, if I'm not mistaken, I think is. A cigar Snob uh, magazine, if I'm not mistaken. At, at the end of their magazine, they have like the, the top lounges or the top brands, something like that. And there's just a section that says the top cigar influencers mm -hmm. on social media, especially in Instagram, with my followers, right? Yeah. So that goes to my point again. If you give importance to that, yes, and there's gonna be women that are like, well, I wanna be number one, or I want, yeah. I mean, I wanna be on that list, period. I wanna be on the top five or the top 10. I, 
That's my goal. I want to be there. I want to be recognized as the number one influencer, uh, cigar influencer. What do I need to do? I've done the, I've done it purposely with my posts. And you can go back to my page and you can see that the, the, the posts that I've gotten to 300 likes, mm -hmm. okay, is because I have a dress or something that it's like a wow factor. It's like, wow, sexy, beautiful. The content is there, but is that impact is we're all about what we see we're very right. visual the yeah. social media is really good to promote yes but at the same time has put us where it's all about what we're seeing like roll like swipe blah, blah. we don't stop to read yeah what is it that that person why they made that post let's read what they're writing what what's the message what they're, what, what they're trying to convey. Um, so, but then you have other outlets that reinforces that, mm -hmm. reinforces mm -hmm. that. So then you have people like, hey, I wanna be there. So I barely, it's, it was two years in August 10, I had 3000 and change followers right now. Mm -hmm. I remember there was one of my followers, they wrote to me and said, I, I'm still surprised how is that you that your Instagram has not blown up with followers by now. Yeah. Like, well, I can blow it up if I wanted to. Oh, I could do that. Yes, we could. We could. But exactly. it, there's no need for that. Look what exactly. just happened the other day on Sunday. I had the honor and the privilege to be interviewed and be at the professor on yes. the show. Yeah. And I don't have 10, oh, 80, 100,000 followers. It's not about that. It's yeah, about what are you contributing to the industry? Yes. 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 What yes. are you giving back to your community to make yes. a change, to make a difference? Because yes. if it's all about just smoking a cigar and writing a review, that's great. That's yes. good. And there's, I write for magazines. I'm a, 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 a contributor writer for Homo Latino Magazine and for the Cigar Public official magazine that streamed out from Privada Cigar Club. There's outlets, there's opportunities for everybody to pursue whatever they wanna pursue. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the number of followers is not 100% gonna determine what recognition you're gonna get or opportunities that are gonna come about your way in, in whichever industry you are. In this case, we're talking about the cigar industry. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's not gonna determine that. Um, for some influencers, that number is it's important because mm -hmm. of the metrics, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, okay. Because that's how they get paid to promote yeah. a product. Because these brands, whichever brand that uses that as a tool to um, market their product, obviously 
they're going to want to invest and pay money to a person that has 80 or 100,000 followers because there's going to be more views of their product than somebody that has only two or two or 3,000. But in hindsight, you also have to look into the interaction. Though those followers are really interacting with that person. Yes. Are and there, like are there, when they say that they're going to be somewhere or they're going to create an event, how many people do actually come out that are wanting to connect with that person and that they will make a change, a long-term change yes. or effect? Yes. So you, you said, you've said it perfectly because yeah. I have, like the amount of followers, I have over 3,000 followers and I'm very appreciative of my followers. But I have that same amount that is blocked. So I could have well over 6,000 followers plus on my, on my page. But because I want it to be taken more serious because of the Sister of the Leaf movement, like how you're doing with in Puerto Rico and how we're doing against globally, I choose to block, block those people that only want to say, okay, why can't you post more pictures of you, you smoking cigars? Why can't you post more fishnets? And like, you know, the fishnets are fun and I know that it's sexy and everything, but I want the interact, interaction that is real, that is actually gonna make a difference in this industry. And that is what I love and appreciate about what you're doing for the women in this industry. Because the ones that want us to be taken serious, we want that. We crave that. I mean, it's easy for me to smoke, to take a picture of me smoking a cigar, but are you really going to look at what I'm saying and what I'm posting about that cigar or about that drink or about that pairing? And to me, that's crucial for me. And I think that the Sisters of the Leaf that are wanting that, that's what we want. We don't want to be looked at as like, oh, as a, and, I, and I hate to, and it's the true term is as a puppet, is we don't want to be looked at as a puppet. But sadly, that's kind of how we're looked at. And, and I think for, for the women who take it serious and who are, wanting to make that change in the industry we don't want that we want to be taken serious and it's hard to take it serious when you're going up against that if that makes sense i'd like to touch on a couple of points you know and and, and this is from from the men, the men's side and one i want to if i was wearing a hat I'd, i would take the hat my hat off to all the men that are commenting in, in the facebook chat here because I'm seeing comments of excellent discussion. Exactly. This is creating the wrong perception of women that more, we're more interested in what you smoke rather than, than what you, what you look like. And every single one of the men that are on here are 100% back behind standing behind what both of you are saying. <clears throat> and the other thing of to kind of bring out points of what both of you have talked about, because how both of you carry yourself on this and how we carry ourselves on Leaf and Grain, we're one of the few podcasts that can hold an audience for two plus hours. We're going on two hours and 10 minutes right now. 
on this and we've held audiences for three hours for four hours uh, and and we're talking about cigars and pairings and we get into discussions such as this we've gotten into discussions of, about mental health and men's issues and women's issues you know on, on all sides of that and we don't play those games of going in and and now it's a comedy hour we keep the discussion and mm -hmm. our audiences are engaged throughout the entire time you know and you know you, you both have talked about red you talked about how you have 3,000 followers you know and, and probably 3,000 people that are blocked and i've seen <laughs> some of the people and we've had to kick a couple off of the show because they've gotten into lewd comments in 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 the chat i've got 2,000 followers and i was so excited when i hit 2,000 and i have maybe 20 blocked to where women will come on and do you know make lewd comments or you know send me private messages of hey go click this link and go do this i'm not about yeah. all of that i'm on here to talk about i'm not here to talk about cigars pairings whiskey wine coffee tea and i'll get in and talk about my faith you know my, my faith in god too and if you want to talk about anything else that that deviates from that in a negative manner you're gone yeah. just, just just that quick but i can't imagine what it's like for you you know for you as women because i i'm 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 embarrassed from the representation the the, the large representation of of the the men and my you know my gender and how they treat y'all and my challenge for anybody that's watch, watching this is, men, we got to stop being in the background. We got to start stepping up and supporting our sisters and stop this type of interaction that you that you that you amazing ladies get because it's it's undeserved. You guys don't deserve that. Yeah. And and, and like the beautiful thing is like the sisters elite, and I'm gonna say. I'm going to give a shout out to, you know, the Good Cigar, because that's where we had our first Sister of the Leaf movement. And it was exciting that it was here in Texas, because anybody who knows, like, I love my state. I love everything about it. But, like, you know, even at my home cigar lounge, I know, like, when I go to my home lounge, I know that my brothers of the Leaf are going to look out for me. They're not they know my personality and if a man comes up and says like rude and like things that i'm going to stand up for myself and i love the fact that they try to let me handle it first but when it comes to the point where it gets beyond that after three like you know three times i've warned a man then they come up and they back me and the beautiful thing about when we went to little elm like I felt safe going there because we talked about you need to feel safe going to a lounge and you know, how's it gonna be? So I knew like when he, when Al who owns that cigar and his wife is there with him, she smokes cigars, she's with us in, I don't wanna say the trenches, but that's kind of how it is. And he's like, I'm going to watch you Till you get to your car, I'm gonna have someone escort you till you get to your car and watch you leave. To me, as a woman, that is very important 
Like, you know, I know if Greybeard's there, he's going to make sure that I get to where I need to be. And, and a lot of experiences, a lot of my friends have done that. But sadly, there's those guys that are in the background, you know, that are kind of, you know, I'm hesitant and I'm kind of nervous about. And, you know, I do my fishnets because that's what I'm known for is my fishnet is I don't mind doing those, but there's a reason and a purpose, but also take the fact what I write, the articles that I publish and the fact that I can do what I can do, take it serious. And I think that's exactly where you are. And that's where, you know, all the organizations that you're involved in is that's what we want for women. And, and I don't necessarily want to say it's an, you know, it's to be treated as an equal. And I think in the cigar industry, it's been a little bit, you know, because it wasn't until recently until, and I don't know with you, but here within the last couple of years, it's been that shift that, um, you know, that pivot that we've made. And um, and women have kind of like, we've, we've made our stance and, um, and I'm glad that we've been able to make a stance. And I, and I don't want to say like, it's all about like the women and all that other stuff, but I think it's important that we get recognized as equal and that we actually do know what we're talking about. 100%. Yep. 100%. Well, we're, we're here at uh, at a quarter to nine our time, uh, two hours and and fifteen minutes or something like that. Um, got a couple of other questions that we've had, and I don't want to ignore ignore them because we appreciate our audience so much, and we also want to be respectful to your time as well. You know, because I believe you're a, a, an hour. Another hour behind us, um, or ahead of us, whichever uh, direction. It, it's later for you. It's gonna be ten o'clock over here. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it's it's later. It's later for you. But but one of the questions that, that we got, which is which is interesting, it kind of goes back to to the rum. You know, with, with your experience and knowledge around that, what rum would you recommend to you know and Puerto Rican rum. What is, what is someone who's coming into Puerto Rican rum has never experienced it? What rum would you recommend that really distinguishes what Puerto Rico has to offer? Oh wow! So um, now, right now, there's like I would call it like the new generation of rums versus the classic. So you have Don Cu, which is a classic. Uh, but uh, from the Don Q, I personally love the uh, cherry cast, the double cast with mm. a cherry cast finish. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it, I love that rum. Um, they also have one that is a finish with vermouth, a vermouth finish. Um, yeah. Those are my favorites. But uh, you also have the Barrilito, Ronde Barrilito. Um, my for well for sipping and pairing with cigars, uh, the number uh, three and four stars. Um, okay. Yeah, definitely. Um, I've had 
also the Gran Reserva uh, rum from Don Q, but that is uh, quite expensive. That <laughs> <laughs> one I am familiar with. Those are the benefits of hosting and putting together and uh, being part of events. Uh, yeah. you, you get, you know, to try these things, right? Um, but yeah, those are the two that I personally would recommend uh, that are local and have a long standing history of rum in Puerto Rico. Um, but then again, you have the new generation of rums uh, new distilleries that have come up with excellent rums in the island, and there's uh, coming up with infused uh, rums. Um, so those are very interesting. You have Crab Island, it's one of them, where they're coffee infused, and they have an orange infused uh, rum yeah. in, in Vieques, on the island of Vieques. Um, you have, oh my goodness, uh, I think it's Ola Distilleria. Uh, they have this rum, it's a white rum, but it has some sweet notes to it uh, because of the barrels that they age that. But because the barrel has been used so many times, the coloring, it, the, the wood doesn't yield any coloring at all. Right. So that's one of the reasons why it's, it's clear. Um, so it's called artesano, rum artesano. It's a very good, excellent rum as well. So there's different. Um, what I would recommend is that when you get the opportunity to come to Puerto Rico, sign up for these tours. A lot of them offer tours of their distilleries and include rum tastings. Um, and also every year we have the Taste of Rum Festival. It's a festival and you get to try most of all the rums that there has that there is in Puerto Rico. You will find it all in one place and taste them all. So, sounds like Leaf and Grain. Sounds like Leaf and Grain needs to make a visit to a couple of festivals down there. Yeah. yeah, we just need to come to Puerto Rico. Yeah. Puerto Rico. So they have that festival, uh, the Taste of Rum. Um, but also coming up in November is the Puerto Rico Cotto Week. This year they will be celebrating, if I'm not mistaken, their fourth edition. They will be celebrating their fourth edition, uh, Puerto Rico Cotto Week. So that's another opportunity uh, to try local distilled spirits. Very nice. uh, there's also uh, venturing of whiskeys in Puerto Rico and also vodka. Oh, ah, vodka. Whiskeys, that really piqued my interest there. Yeah, so yeah I was like whiskeys and then she said vodka because yeah. I love vodka. Yes. Yeah. So like, I just, maybe I just need to go to Puerto Rico for a year and just hang out. So there's another opportunity with the Puerto Rico Cultural Week to come and try uh, spirits here in Puerto Rico as well during that week. Yep. So, so, so a lot of so, things to do here in Puerto Rico. Drink, so, smoke, cigars, and eat. And of course, dance salsa. <laughs> oh, there we go. All right, so, so fi final question of the night is, 
we, we, we got it. We got to bring it back around the house. Of, of how was your pairing? I like here. Here was my thing. My pairing was like I was not sure. I thought it would be really, really good. And like, and and I'm gonna let Graybeard testify because I was looking for a like Karen Berger because she's very big with the Sister of the Leaf movement. She's a very dear good friend of of ours and um i love all she's done for the moment that's what i was looking for for the cameroon but i couldn't find it because i haven't really organized my um cigars that well within the last couple months i'm gonna admit it and so i went to be with, with viaje and i thought it would be good but it was phenomenal going from cigar to drink drink to cigar it was beautiful and like i was kind of a little bit nervous about it because it did have that like the kick at the first like what i said it's like whenever you have a closed foot it does have that power but i am super happy that um i did what i did and the later that you like the second and the third is you get that sweetness of that cigar and it was so phenomenal with my martini that I'm just like, I was sad that it's my last cigar that I had from Viaje. It was, it was like perfection. Yeah. So that's, that's how I would rate mine was, it was perfection. And I'm so glad, uh, Cynthia, that you suggested that because I had never heard of it. And I was like, huh, I wonder how this is gonna be. But it was something that I ex enjoyed extremely. And I could see myself drinking that because, you know, in Texas, it doesn't get fall until the last weekend of October. So mm -hmm. this is beautiful for a summer drink. Like I could just drink it by itself. Very refreshing. It with, yeah, it, very refreshing. Preparing it with the Viaje Harvest Tang was perfection. So that's, that's how I viewed mine. It was it was perfection. It it did more than just benefit friends with benefits. It took it to that marriage. So it was friends with benefits, but it took it to the full blown marriage. All right. So, so Cynthia, how was your pairing? Yeah, uh, I would say the same. Um, of course, mine it's uh it's a, a medium to full. Um, having that San Andres as a wrapper. Um, it has some peppery, so obviously mm -hmm. I've smoked my cigar several times already, mm -hmm. um, and I've tried it with rums, I've tried it with bourbon, I've tried it with coffee, with cream, and I've also tried it with the lychee martini. This time I had a pear martini, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it just allows me to freshen up, of course, because it's hot. Um, and second, it doesn't, it doesn't compete with a cigar. Right. I'm able to go back and forth with it. Um, uh, it's not a battle on my palate at all. And at the same time, I don't know if that happened to you, but in a way it, 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 it kind of a little bit cleanses my palate. If it makes mm -hmm. any sense. Oh no, yeah. It and a hundred percent because like when and I, I uh, start again. Yeah, because like when you eat the fruit, 
and I and I know that Graybeard didn't get to have this, but like when you eat it and have it from the cigar, so that kind of brings up another point. It was like a perfect matrimony. My, mine, mine was the same. Mine was very balanced all the way throughout. Neither competed with each other, and and you you said it perfectly, Cynthia. It every time I was, you know, my palate was cleansed, so that there was there was no there was no overpowering either direction. Going from cigar to the drink, yeah. drink to the cigar. I I made a I made enough. And, and I don't know if you saw, I mean, I refilled my glass like three times. So three, three times I have enjoyed yeah. this and I want to thank you so much for the recommendation. I mean, what, a, what an incredible drink. I've, I, I have learned so much about you and about what it is that you're trying to do and what the direction that you want, you know, that, that all of the sisters of, of the, the, the Soto you know, global movement, and, and let, let's call it what it is, because it really needs to be that. Um, but much, you know, so, so much respect for you and yeah. everything that, that you're doing for the industry as a whole, all sides of the industry, from, from cocktails to, to cigars, and, and then what our passion is, is on the pairings of them, but especially much respect for everything that you're doing for for the for the sisters and, and along that this has been this has been a very enjoyable time and thank you so much for for jumping on with us it has been a pleasure thank you the pleasure has been all mine thank you so much for bringing me and having the opportunity to share my story with your audience um i always also get uh, um when we're sharing our stories, we I also get from the ones that are interviewing me, learning from you guys as well. So it's a constant learning every day. So um, it, it goes both ways. So I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Yes, thank, thank you. you. <laughs> okay, well, thank you everybody who's, who's jumped on. Um, on the 21st, we have another amazing guest, um, Kathy, who is the founder of the Cigar Box Marketing Group. It's going to be on, and we're going to be talking a lot about a different side of the business, the actual business side, and talking about what we can do as business owners to promote. And there, there's things that we miss because we're we're focused on our cigars or we're focused on pairings there's a lot about what we need to do we need to think about it on the business side of how to promote it from a marketing standpoint so she's going to jump on with us on the 21st and she is going to be talking about our website and leaf and grain and what we're doing and she's analyzing it. She's got her team analyzing everything that we're doing from social media to our website and talking about what it is that we can do ourselves as Leaf and Grain Society to, to promote. So you're gonna to get to see exactly what she does firsthand. Um, next week's challenge, uh, we're gonna be doing juice. Juice, yeah, juice with cigars. I know that, that it, it kind of, 
and I love the fact that Cynthia brought up about like oranges and limes and how it changes the fact of it when you bring it in. So I am super excited about like the juice challenge and um, and I'm sitting here thinking, oh my goodness, to me, that's going to be like the most difficult because I'm not going to lie. I'm a mama of five, even though my children are grown, majority, four out of five of my children are grown. I still have a lot that lives with me. So I'm excited to take it for a different perspective. And um, my adult beverage is my escape time. So I think that the juice is going to, um, is going to be interesting and I'm excited about it. I will give everybody a, a hint and I want everybody to step up to the challenge. All of our audience members step up to the challenge and pair it with the juice as well. Do not try to find a complimentary pairing because you find a complimentary pairing, your cigar is going to be overpowered. Go for either a contrast pairing or better yet, a balanced pairing. So find something that's going to balance out to where each of each other going to, you're not going to, because you're not going to change the notes of an orange juice. You're not going to change the notes of an apple juice from the cigar, but you can find it to where it's a nice balance to where neither overpower each other. So that's what you're going to want to look for in this type of pairing. Yeah. So that that's next week. Um, do we have a guest for next week, Red? You, you were so secretive. No, not for next week. Unless someone comes back and says, hey, I can do it next week. Then it will be, and we'll post about that. But I think it's going to be like back to the basics of the Twisted Pear, where we uh, break down ju juice and a cigar. And I think it kind of needs to be brought that way. Because a lot of us don't do it. And I think we need to do it more. Which brings us to a, a great time to, to close this out. And as we always close it out, we say thank you, everybody. We love you. Appreciate you. Could not be here without you. And until the next time, explore the pairings. There's something for everyone. Thank you all. Bye. Bye, Bye everybody. Buenas noches. Buenas noches. Hasta luego. <laughs> Not even going to try. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get there. I'll get there. <laughs>